You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I am Jessica O'Reilly, your friendly neighborhood sexologist, and you might be able to tell that I am losing my voice. Got your sultry voice going on. (laughs) Do you think it's sexy? Super hot. It's barely there. And so this week I have solicited the help of my partner in crime, Brandon Ware. Yeah, I'm right here just enjoying the sultry voice. (laughs) That's all you're going to get. Okay. That's it. And uh, we are currently on Desire Resorts Cruise. We are docked in Livorno, just about an hour away from Florence, and we just spent a couple of amazing days in Florence. Touring the city, checking out the sights, good food, good friends, so many good things. Yeah, we were really lucky that one of Brandon's friends married a guy from Florence, and they showed us a behind-the-scenes tour to some gorgeous old Florentian shops. They took us to some spots that they said were really reminiscent of what Florence looked like before it became a tourist hub. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. I couldn't. We couldn't have been luckier uh, to have had those recommended spots to go and check out. So I would tell anybody to come to Florence. It's amazing. Yeah, the highlight for me was the old Florentian pottery shop. That is, pottery is a bit of a under exaggeration. Mm-hmm, definitely, it's fine. Pottery, fine china. Fine china. Yeah. R- Richard Ginori. Ginori. And uh, the reason it was a highlight for me was that the architecture architecture of this old Ginori house is just so spectacular. And when you walk in off the street, it looks like almost nothing. It's underwhelming if you look at it from the, from the street. But as soon as you walk through the doors, the vaulted ceilings, the tile, the I mean, it, it just goes on. The frescoes on the walls... Um, the courtyard off the back, incredible, yes. incredible. So if you go through Florence, that's a place I don't think you find on your own. I certainly wouldn't have found it, and we've been to Florence before. So it's Richard Ginori, and it's just beautiful and fabulous. Yeah, hit us up. We'll tell you where, where we got to go. Yeah, a couple of great places. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So thank you to our hosts in Florence. And now we are back on the boat, although I think I'm supposed to stop calling it a boat. I've felt like we've been on the boat even when we've been on land. There's this feeling that you have. I, I have never been on a cruise before. Uh, well, actually, we had been on the first Desire cruise, which was a lot of fun. Just a few months uh, ago. A few months ago, and then back on again. And because I'd never been on a boat, it was a bit of a surprise when you get off the boat and you start walking on dry land, how you absolutely still feel like you're on a boat. You feel like you've had four drinks and everything's moving. Well, I guess maybe not four drinks, but you've had enough to drink that everything's moving and it's a really weird sensation. Yeah, so now we're back on the boat. Um, and, and yeah, it's a cruise ship, not a boat, clearly. It's a, it's a ship. Yeah, it's very beautiful. We're on the Azamara Quest, hosted by Desire Resorts. And this is a clothing-optional, couples-only, highly erotic experience. And because we're here, and because I definitely need Brandon's help, because my voice is struggling, we're going to talk a little bit about what goes on on this ship We started in Barcelona, sailed up to Marseille, France, which was a big surprise. Marseille is much more densely populated than I had imagined. Uh, We went to Monte Carlo, Portofino, Livorno to Florence, and now we're heading to Rome. And obviously, many of you have been on cruises, but 
probably very few of you have been on a clothing optional mm-hmm. Might cruise. not be the normal cruise that most people go on, but yeah. uh, definitely a very different vibe. And uh, I'm here for work. I've, I was teaching workshops while on board. I taught two workshops, and they were packed. Absolutely slammed. I think there were 150, 160 people in the first one, and quite a few in the second as yeah. well. Yeah. Brandon had to play doorman. I did. And, and turn, turn the latecomers away. Not but, a you very know, good doorman. I'm a high school teacher. You can't show up to my class late, man. No <laughs> way. You give you a late slip. Yeah. Although they probably just ask for punishment. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I often get a lot of questions about Desire Resorts and about these clothing optional experiences. And it's not simply nudism. So nudism just refers to hanging out with your wanging out. You know, chilling out with your dill out. Rocking could, out I, with I your... I could go on. I could go rocking on. Rocking out with your... Go say it. Cock out. Yep, that's it. I don't. I don't say that word. No, no. Any others? I uh, actually. That's. I think that's actually all I have. I want some for the for the ladies. We gotta. I don't have one. What what rhymes with? I don't boobs? know. Not boobs, but like spill out with your clit out. Okay, sure. <laughs> Chill out with your clit out. Yeah. There you go. Enough. There you go. Anyhow, I get a lot of questions about this experience and what it's like and are you uncomfortable and do people get jealous and is there sex everywhere so Brandon has been coming with me to Desire Resorts for about a decade and so he's just as experienced as I am he has a slightly different perspective because he's not working but um, I mean the, the most common question we get is do you have to go naked? Do you? And I'm so sorry for my voice. I have to apologize for the hum. We're on a cruise ship, so there is some sound. But the big question is: Do you have to be naked? I think there's an. I think there's this assumption that as soon as you get on the the ship, not the boat, as soon as you get on the ship, it's going to be madness, people running around, crazy naked, things going on everywhere, and that probably couldn't be further from the truth. I would say that. Uh, they do an excellent job of maintaining uh, an erotic environment without the kind of the frat house madness that I think comes with the idea of a cruise, an erotic cruise. Would you agree? Yeah, it's it's you can kind of have as much or as little as you want. And the short answer is no, you don't have to be naked. No, absolutely not. I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. So no, you, you absolutely do not have to be naked. Hang on then. Why are you naked? <laughs> yeah, okay. Why? What? What? I'm I'm actually not naked this time. Yeah. But the last time we did no. <laughs> yeah. He actually my friend was visiting our stateroom in our ro- our room on the cruise the other day and we were just chatting and the rooms are surprisingly nice. Uh I never you know, I wasn't I think they're larger than you were expecting. Yeah, they are bigger than I was expecting. But my friend and I were just chatting in the little sitting area and Brandon walks out of the bathroom butt naked. Well, somebody didn't tell me. I thought you had the television on and, and I kind of walked out and unexpectedly it was like, hello, back in the bathroom. But nobody minds. So the bottom line is be naked if you want to be naked. Don't be naked if you don't want to be naked. You cannot be naked everywhere. So obviously you're not naked anywhere where they're serving food. You're not naked in the dining rooms. The casinos. The casinos. Yeah, uh, you're the libraries. Not, yeah, the libraries. You're not sitting naked on furniture with the exception of the pool chairs with a towel, and and the playroom as well. So you can be in various states of undress in the playroom. And I guess we should explain to people what the playroom is. Yeah, but I think going back quickly to the idea of you know whether this is the first time you've been on something like this or the 10th or 15th or 50th time you've been to 
uh, a concept like this. What's great about the cruise, or what I think is most interesting, is that you really can escape to secluded spots on the ship where you can be as comfortable, um, you know, nudity-wise with uh, whatever you're you're comfortable with. I don't know if I really articulated that well, but it's like if you're first time here and you're just not feeling the vibe that day, you head off to uh, maybe a section of the ship where you just hang out and sunbathe in your in your bathing suit. You go and you read a book. You go to the casino. You go to the coffee shop. The coffee shop. Yeah. You, you hang it. You go for a workout. You go to the spa. Like it's, and then if you want to dip your toes in, yeah, maybe you go down to the pool or you hang out by the pool. And even there, um, you know, wearing your swimsuit, not wearing your swimsuit, you can do whatever you're comfortable with, which I, I think is a great way to, to ease yourself in if you haven't done it before. But of course, getting accustomed to the waviness that you feel when you get off the boat. I just don't have my sea legs. I think that's it. Yeah, getting your sea legs is actually the harder part. Getting naked is, for most of us, pretty easy. Once you're around naked people, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast. In fact, I think it might have been one of my first podcasts ever. Once you're around naked people, it's very freeing. It's very equalizing. It's very affirming. Uh, It was a real life changer for me. I've talked about that many times, so I won't dive into it. But the short answer is no, you don't have to be naked. People aren't naked everywhere. And then the second question I often receive is, are people having sex everywhere? Yeah, absolutely not. I mean... I mean, I am. Yeah, okay, great. So <laughs> With myself. <laughs> with yourself, okay. Um, I, I would say that you, you don't... If you're hoping to see sex everywhere, this is not the cruise for you. Yeah. Like, it's certainly... It's here, it's prevalent if you want to uh, you know where to go to find it yeah if you want to find it in your face 24 7 um if you don't want it to be that's for sure no it's primarily in the it's in the playroom Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful living room on the top deck all decked out and uh, put together nicely with let me just emphasize this in technical terms oodles and oodles of clean sheets and towels yes definitely (laughs) pounds and pounds of clean sheets and towels because we know cleanliness is godliness (laughs) as i struggle with my voice here so no you won't see sex everywhere but if you want to have sex in public there are designated areas like the playroom if you are a voyeur and you like to watch there are opportunities for that but only in a respectful way like you can't just go by yourself into the playroom and watch people in a creepy way. No, you'll like, be you'll be asked to leave. Yeah, like we have, you know, if if anybody makes you uncomfortable, um, somebody will speak up for you and say, "Hey, buddy," or "Hey, honey," <laughs> or whatever you call people. Not cool. Like you know, you need to bring a partner in. I make it sound like I was the person who was asked to leave. Hey, were you? <laughs> like you're asked to be to leave everyone alone. Well, yeah. No, I'm just kidding. So yeah, th- there's a huge amount of respect. Uh, People are overwhelmingly respectful, and in my experience, and I cannot speak for everyone, the notion of consent is negotiated far more explicitly, where they'll say, is it okay to dance with you? Is it okay to do this? Are you comfortable with this? And um, yeah, the degree of communication, I think, is heightened because it is an environment in which you can get uncomfortable, you can feel jealous you can feel insecure but that's that's the other question I get and I'm is my voice okay yeah you're good you can hear me mm-hmm. um the other question I get is about jealousy and insecurity and um the reality is and I've talked about this before 
Jealousy and insecurity are regular feelings that cannot be eradicated. You will feel them from time to time. And the best way to deal with them is to admit that you feel them. Say, yeah, I feel jealous because I felt like the way you responded when she walked by was with greater enthusiasm than the way you respond to me. And then you can respond as my partner with some reassurance. Of course. You know, immediately going and reassuring your partner is going to help put their mind at ease, let them know that you're, the focal point really is your partner. It's not somebody else. But this all boils back to communication, setting boundaries, understanding before you go out what it is you are or are not comfortable with. And I think having that conversation, whether it's before you get on the ship, or sorry, yeah, the ship, I'm not <laughs> saying the boat. The canoe. The canoe, the kayak. Before you get on uh, the boat or before you get into an environment where you're presented with that that degree of discomfort or that jealousy, you've already had a conversation and if both parties, both individuals in a partnership are willing to, you know, reflect back on what it was that you agreed to before. I think it, it lessens the likelihood of there being some sort of a, an argument or heightened feelings of jealousy. Yeah. And I, I again, I really want to emphasize that the reason jealousy becomes so problematic, and I'd say the same applies to insecurity the reason these are such powerful and problematic emotions is because we don't want to admit to them. We don't just say, yes, I feel insecure. Uh, and I've said this before, that the world is not divided into secure people and insecure people. It is, uh, and these are experiences that we all experience to some degree, or emotions that we all experience to some degree. So, uh, you know, overall, if you feel jealous, that's okay. Just if, talk about why you're feeling jealous. Yeah, and I think men, I mean, a lot of men, I don't want to speak for everybody, but um, are taught that jealousy is an emotion that you, you shouldn't feel. Like it's not a, you know, um, a, very, a very, yeah, an alpha sort of emotion. And I think the idea of this alpha male, we need to deviate away or we need to get away from it. There's nothing wrong with admitting how you're feeling, admitting you feel jealous, admitting that you feel insecure. I mean, I tell people that I've felt I continue to feel insecure um, in our relationship at different points, but being able to admit it to you, not only does it lessen its impact on me, um, on the way I think about things, but then you, of course, reassure me and it, and it just, again, lessens it even more. It's the idea of not saying something when it festers inside of you, it seems so much bigger than it really is. And it, the same to me applies to jealousy and insecurity. It's like once I verbalize it, once I put it out there, I can probably hear, I, I listen to the thought and it sounds ridiculous to think about feeling jealous or feeling insecure, but then if your partner is on the same page as you, then he or she tells you, you have nothing to worry about, you don't need to worry, and then it, once again, it, it lessens the impact of that feeling. Right, but if you keep it all to yourself. Yeah, just tenfold. It, right, the shame really breeds in secrecy. And if you haven't listened to the Formula for Intimacy podcast, uh, have a listen to that one. Go back to the podcast page. Ooh, my voice is... Uh, yeah. struggling here. So other questions I receive, I thought I should talk about the penis. Oh, great. Because when, when men are going to a clothing optional environment for the first time, there are two things that they tend to fixate on. One is size and the other is what if I get an erection? So since you have a penis and you brought your penis to the party today, 
I did. Yeah. Usually it comes along with me. It, it, we don't, we don't separate from one another. <laughs> it's not removable guys. No, no, it's not. Just like the clitoris. I, I don't see a lot of, I mean, I understand that being a concern about getting aroused when you're at one of these resorts, because I think you're, you're in an environment where maybe you haven't seen a lot of live sex happening in front of you. Again, depending where you are on the ship or in this case on the ship, not at desire at the resorts. But yeah, there is a possibility that you are aroused. I don't really think that I see a lot of men walking around aroused with an erection. Um, that's and because they use the um, SPT technique. Please elaborate. It's the slap a penis technique. Slap, no, slap just a kidding. Slapping a penis. Slapping a penis. Slapping a penis. <laughs> slap <and> a penis. <laughs> um, but no, anyway, going back to the question, I, I don't, you won't see much of it. And I think if it did happen, you can, as a, as a, person with a penis, you could certainly feel it coming on and take the appropriate action to, you know, if you are self-conscious to leave the area that you're in, if you feel like it's inappropriate or... Roll onto your stomach if you're lying on a center. There you go. Problem solved. Or wrap a towel around it. Yeah. Um, or it just, you Think know. about thoughts that, <laughs> that aren't arousing. Think about the current state of politics. Yeah. Or uh, just go back to your room and spank the monkey. You know what? Whatever you you do, you yeah. whatever works for you. Yeah. And then the other the other question you had was just about size. And again, it goes back to your comment about once you're in an environment where everybody is is nude, isn't aren't aren't wearing any clothing. There are big people, small people, you know, short people, tall people. I mean, it runs the gamut. And I think this is just a part of feeling comfortable with who you are and with who you are. And that's it. Like. It's a self-confidence thing, and, and I'll tell you, it's it's an unnerving, like it, it's an uncomfortable situation. I remember back to the first time we went to Desire and the idea. I mean, I think it took me like four days to go skinny dipping. Because um, the water was cold? Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I feel like Costanza. It's cold water. Shrinkage is a real thing. Yeah, so, um, but in all seriousness, it, it took me days to get comfortable just to go swimming in the ocean uh, without any swim shorts on. And, you know, looking back on it, it I, I mean, it, it was it, it was silly, it was funny, but it was what I needed to do to feel comfortable. And even now, like, I have my moments where I'm like, yep, yeah, here we go, shorts off in the water. Really? <laughs> oh, of course. Really? Because you're always naked. Oh, what am I always At Desire, you're always naked. That's because we're on the beach. I know. But he's like, I'm just going to go get a coffee. And I put a towel on. You do? Of course I do. Oh, I don't know. I only see you on the beach and I feel like you're always naked. It's because you're, you're not paying attention to me. Yeah, or I'm just picturing you naked, maybe. Yeah, that's it. Maybe. Looks so much better in your mind, don't I? No. No, he's pretty good in real life, guys. Yeah. Okay, so the other question that I receive is in regard to swingers or the lifestyle. So people want to know, is it all swingers? Are people all in the lifestyle? Um, am I going to be uncomfortable if I'm not a swinger? So Brandon and I are not swingers. Um, I don't think a lot of people our age even use that kind of language anymore. When there's nothing, nothing wrong with the language, it's just not the vernacular that a lot of our friends who... Well, we know a lot of people too that, that don't subscribe to the monogamous like a monogamous relationship, but they certainly would not identify as a swinger. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and I think that goes with age. Would you yeah, agree? I would say so. Yeah. But I, I really want to say that the boat is not a swinger boat. There are swingers on the boat. We love them. There are <laughs> non-swingers on the boat. We love them equally. 
Oftentimes I don't know who is a swinger and who is not because they don't mark your arm when you get on the ship. <laughs> I just got marked because I'm rowdy and I get yeah. out of line. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. Um, you got marked. They put water wings on me in case I fall overboard. <laughs> Brandon wore water, wing, water wings to the... Um, what do the you call security it? The, the, briefing. The, the safety briefing. <laughs> when you go on a cruise, the first day you get on, you have to do this drill where you just go and sit in your muster area. Your muster station. Yeah. And uh, Brennan wore water wings. Hey, man. Safety first. Safety, uh, safety, safety third. First. Safety Guys, third. Safety third. Safety third. Don't worry. I've had four drinks. I got my water wings <laughs> on. So, okay. So it's not all swingers. Uh, what do you do if somebody hits on you? First of all, people don't just come up and hit on you. They don't come up and say like, Want to swappy swap? <laughs> Although, if you were to hit on me, those would be the words I'd want to hear. Is that it? Swappy swap? Want to swappy swap? <laughs> no, people get to know you. There are a lot of conversations that are had as you feel one another out. And if someone starts, if a couple starts to talk to you, they're not automatically trying to slide a phallus in an orifice <laughs> like there's more to the lifestyle and there's more to the connections than just straight up banging so somebody might ask you are you in the lifestyle and you either say yes or no but even if you say yes it doesn't mean you want to have sex with them yeah right it's like if so if a guy walks up to of... me in a bar and says are you hetero and I well I'm not but if I were to say or he says do you date guys I could say, yeah, but that doesn't mean I date every guy. Yeah, you might say, yeah, I date guys, not you, yeah. but... <laughs> I got my stand, I got my standard right here. Okay. So um, if you say no, they're probably going to continue the conversation and enjoy just the chat. Um, some people might be just here to, you know... That also may not be one of the first questions that come up. It's they could not, ask yeah. you about... Where, I mean, on this particular cruise, it could be, where did you go today? What did you do? Yeah. Um, you know, where are you from? Um, are you having a great time? Mm -hmm. It's natural conversation. Yeah. Not every conversation revolves around sex. Yes, the, the cruise is an erotic environment, but it's not as though every question that is, is based upon, are we going to hook up later? No, absolutely not. I mean, a absolutely I, not. I, and I think me, like nobody really hits on me. Um, because of my claws, no, <laughs> because, but I mean, I'm working, right? So people don't hit on me, but they're still interested in talking to me. And yeah, we probably spend more time talking about the incredible history of the Medici in Florence as we do about sex. So there are other things to talk about other than sex. And like me, for one, I'm not interested in talking about sex 24 seven. No, I know that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I the mean, conversation naturally flows, and I think what's great about the uh, this cruise and you know Desire Resort is that the conversation there is always a conversation to be had. Whenever we've gone, um, you know, we've when we've gone to the Caribbean to different resorts, whether it's for wedding, for vacation, whatever it is, there seems to be this um, isolation where a lot of times, if you don't go with a group of other people, you're the conversation doesn't flow quite as naturally. Hang on, let me just interject. When we go to a regular like resort down mm -hmm. south mm -hmm. and you pass by another couple Nobody says anything. on the way to breakfast, it's like they're afraid of my hello. Maybe they passed gas and don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Maybe I passed gas and they don't. Yeah, no, but everybody just says hello. 
Definitely, yeah. everyone. They're, they're, everyone's Sorry incredibly. For no, that's quite all right. I, I, I would agree with you. Everyone's extremely friendly. It doesn't all revolve around sex. There is an erotic um, component to the atmosphere here. It's not in your face twenty four seven, but it's definitely present, and it's 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 palpable. But it's it's fun, yeah. and it's a nice. It's a really unique and different environment to be in. And what's great again is just the idea that you can go as far into it as you'd like and that could be literally next to nothing or it could be you know as crazy as you want to make it yeah so there's couples you come here and they just enjoy the entertainment like the burlesque shows mm -hmm. the erotic entertainment uh roxy delight is on board she's, yeah, she's just awesome fabulous Definitely. and um they might just have sex in their room but they're relaxed um they've been in an environment that's real that's uh a little bit chilled out. They're around other happy couples, and we know that happiness in relationships is contagious. Maybe they hear some sex on the boat, even if they yeah, don't I've see heard it. Some sex on this boat. Yeah, Let me tell you. I'll tell you who's having the most sex on this boat. Our neighbors. Our neighbors. Wow. <laughs> it's like four times a night, man. I know. I'm like, geez. They are rock stars. They really are. Yeah. I'm trying to get some sleep here. I'm 40 years old. I gotta go to bed. <laughs> well, that's another question we get. We get a question about the age. So I don't have the exact demographic information. There are 700 people on this boat. And I can tell you the ones that we've been hanging out with, uh, just because you tend to see some of the same people over and over again. And I only know the age of the women. But I'm thinking one is 37, the other's 38, the other's 41, the other's 35, and the other's 60. Yeah, we had we. So it's we, quite a broad range. Quite a broad range, and and you know what? Had excellent conversations with every one of those individuals. Mm -hmm. Had a great time hanging out with uh, a couple yesterday uh, in Florence who are in their sixties. Uh, in their sixties, had such a great time walking around <laughs> the look, city. They look they look young. I yeah, thought they were way younger. Just, just hanging out with them, shooting the breeze, talking, you know, exploring the city. Um, you know, having dinner with uh, another couple who late thirties and. And in their 40s, um, so it really does. It's hard to, to give an exact breakdown, but I would say that it's a, an interesting. Maybe like four early 40s is the average. Yeah, I would, would you I, say? I, I would say for for this cruise, yeah. Yeah, don't quote me on it, yeah. uh, because it's so big. To first of all, age is just a number, and I know that's a cliche, but if you don't know that age is just a number, you should probably check out my auntie Thalia. Wow, <laughs> I can't keep up with her. Yeah, I'm not going to say her exact age, but she's a septuagenarian for sure. She can wear my clothes. Um, I'm not kidding. I actually can't keep up with her. Check, two, parties, like, two parties a night, yeah, six nights a week. Check out Thalia Lynn from Island Grill in Jamaica. She's my auntie, and she makes me look forward to aging. I, I'm also really turned off by people. This is just a personal thing who only want to hang out with people their own age. Like the, when people complain, oh, they're too old, they're, they're too young. It seems so silly to me because people have such different experiences. Uh, and I think there's so much perspective to be gained from people in their 20s and so much perspective to be gained from people who are a lot older than us too. And I, think, I feel like we're setting the stage for people to hang out with us when we're old. Yeah, guys, please hang out with please, us when we're old. Please, come on, just hang come out, please. On. Hang on, you know, a teenager today... A really cool 17-year-old teenager. Oh, it's her birthday soon. I just, just That just dawned on me. A really cool teenager wrote on my Instagram, you're the coolest. And that's what she wrote. She's just trying to make you feel better. Annabella. Annabella, it's Anna your Bates. birthday. We have to wish a happy birthday to Annabella. Yes. I think it's coming up right now. So I think those are the most common 
questions we get. People want to know also what people look like. Uh, it's quite an attractive crowd and attractive in a broad sense of the word. Seems very European in terms of style and um, attire. Yes, I, I think, think yeah, it's... I think it depends on the, the, the cruise or the week or wherever it is that you're going. I mean, it's going to change from week to week, but this one in particular, I've noticed that people are pretty fashion forward. Yeah, well, it's a 30-odd percent European crowd. That's why. And <laughs> it's not, and there's 15% Canadian. It'd be like 95 degrees outside and the men are in like perfectly tailored suits yeah. walking the streets of Europe. Yeah. Women in 14 inch heels. <laughs> no. Cobblestone roads. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's the Romans. Oh. The Romans take a class in grade six to walk on the cobblestone with grace. Fall down, I'm wearing like running shoes. It's a full year credit. <laughs> I'm making that up, don't quote me. So... I, th I just wanted to give you a little bit of insight as to what happens on the cruise. Tonight, there are multiple shows from burlesque to pole dancing to some, I don't know what you call the guys. Boylesque? Boylesque? No, they're no, not really boylesque. They're just dancers. The erotic dancers? Uh, I guess so, yeah. Oh, Brandon is not seeing the eroticism? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll tell you, the, 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 the guy yesterday was pretty jacked, but... I don't know that the dance was so erotic. It was supposed to be erotic, babe. Oh, well, I missed that. <laughs> I missed it. So it didn't do it for Brandon, but that's okay. <laughs> it didn't do it for me. Yeah, but you enjoyed Roxy's show. Roxy's show is great. Yeah. yeah. She's always really good. She's a top-notch. She's a performer. Yeah. She's, she's an excellent performer. Yeah, an artist. So yeah. uh, so it just kind of sets the tone. and um, You should tell them about the theme nights, though, because that's huge with this. Okay, so the theme nights vary... The very first night was a gala night. They've had a black and gold theme. Need for speed. They had a need for speed theme with people in like these race car outfits. There was a white night. I think they're doing a toga night tonight. Yeah, it's 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 gods Greek, and goddesses. Greek gods? Okay. Yes, you're just going to wear your toga, your Tuesday toga. My Tuesday toga. Uh, he, every Tuesday around Toronto, this guy wears a toga. It's part of his real estate. People that don't know me think I'm insane. <laughs> no, it's yeah. you're just funny. So, yeah, there's theme nights, and the theme nights are really cool because even if you're not really into them, they are a really good conversation starter, Definitely. right? Like people who put effort into their outfits, it's a great way to connect. And the way you connect with people is the same way you connect in any environment. Hi, where are you from? You know, like I think we have this idea that we're special animals on the boat and you have to communicate with us differently. Like the way market researchers address millennials. What are the millennials eating for lunch? Like they're an ancient breed of dinosaurs. Geez, we're just people. So don't worry. You're kind of lumping yourself into that millennial, millennial category, aren't you? Babe, I'm a millennial. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have, Josh, Josh told me I'm a millennial. I'm going to have you to call what? Josh. Sure, yeah, give him a call. I'm going to call Josh. Now, as we chat about this cruise and our experience on board and the nudity and the sex and the entertainment, I realize that for some of you, this is your regular Saturday night. And for some of you, this sounds a little far-fetched or a little intimidating. And wherever you fall on that spectrum, I want, I encourage you to embrace it. I encourage you to just explore why you feel the way you do. I would let this podcast be the catalyst, the impetus to have a conversation with your partner, if you haven't been to this resort before, to be a question as to, would we do this? How do you, you know, would you ever do anything like that? Would you go on a cruise like that? And just explore it 
from that angle. Yeah, and I think the cruise is a really big commitment. I think, for instance, I would recommend you go to like a sex club first. Um, I guess it, I guess you could come on the cruise because if you don't want to see sex, you'll never see sex. Yeah, and you go off yeah, the boat true. during the day. But I think more along the lines of let it be something that you ask your partner. Yes. Yeah, so is this something that you would do? Brandon's absolutely right. It's an important conversation starter. Maybe I take that back. Maybe you don't have to go experience something like it in your own city first. But what what I want to encourage you to do is if you feel really uncomfortable with this topic, if listening to us talk about an experience like this upsets you, if you or your partner say, ew, I would never do that, what I really encourage you to do is is not just look at your response, but dig a little deeper and look at, at the why. Why? Why is it so off-putting? Why is it so intimidating? Why does it gross you out? Because you're allowed to feel whatever you feel, but I think sometimes the underlying vulnerabilities help us to learn a bit more about ourselves. So I always say that I think every single couple should at least discuss going to a sex party or a sex club or a sexy cruise or some sort of sexy environment because when one partner shuts it down entirely, first of all, it's your prerogative. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. But if you shut it down without discussion, I think you're missing out on a really rich and meaningful and intimate conversation. And those whys that you had asked don't have to be answered immediately within the context of your relationship. If you're digging a little deeper, you can just be asking yourself those questions before you have that discussion with your partner, could you not? Yeah, you don't, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you don't have to have all the answers right away, but I encourage you not to shut down conversations, right? Yeah. Like couples don't have to be willing to do everything, but I do think we should be willing to talk about most things. I agree. I just think the, you, you know, if your immediate response, your visceral response is, no, I would never do that. And then when you take a moment to think about it, it's like, well, why? And if the why is that you're uncomfortable being nude, um, again, speaking from my own experience, uh, you know, you kind of, you, you accept it, you acknowledge it. And once again, you don't have to be, but you may find in the future that, you, you know, you become more comfortable with it. But I think it's, as you mentioned, just digging down to the deeper issue and understanding or trying to. Yeah. And if you're uncomfortable being naked in this environment, what does it say about your own stuff around body image that maybe you want to work on, right? Or maybe you've just decided, I love my body, I love being naked, I don't want to be naked around other people. That's okay. That's your prerogative. Not everybody needs to experience this experience. But we do know in long-term relationships that pushing your comfort zone is really elemental to the passion remaining over the years. Like, even though, you know, we don't have sex in public when we're here because I'm working, uh, we don't even go to the playroom anymore because I'm working, but just being in this environment, uh, how, how do I say it? It, uh, it, it creates, a, there's a bit of an excitement. There's, there's a bit of tension in the air. Yeah. And you, you can play with that and have fun with it. It doesn't mean you have to do something anywhere. You don't have to do anything. No, like we've only other, had sex in our bedroom. Yeah. Maybe we'll change that tonight. The you know what? Deck. Let's talk about it. Let's go to the poop <laughs> deck. <laughs> Guys, I don't know where the poop deck is. Because I'm a three-year-old and you said poop, so. There's all these, like, sailor terms. What are the other ones? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure if you said this to the captain, they'd get mad at you. Oh, yeah, they're very serious about their nautical Gonna go eat on the poop deck. Yeah. Isn't there a pooch hole? (laughs) I made that one up. (laughs) 
The back of the ship is the cornhole. <laughs> I can't laugh or I'll go up. So, yeah, what I suggest, because I like to leave you with something that you can consider, even if the topic at hand isn't specifically relevant to you right now, I, I think it's relevant in that it can be an impetus, as Brandon said, for an important conversation. So we'll leave you with that and, and encourage you to consider Definitely. some of the topics we've covered. Definitely. Have the conversation. See where it, see where it takes you. And, and never stop. We've been together 17 years. We have a pretty nice relationship. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. It's not <laughs> great. Pretty it's good. Pretty, it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty, good. good. You know, pretty, no. pretty. But we never stop having these conversations. No, the conversations are great. Actually, I was thinking today while we're walking around the streets of Florence that we should go back to those 36 questions. Yeah. The, and start over again. Yeah, you can find those on my website, the 36 questions, or you can just Google them for interpersonal closeness by Aaron and Aaron, a study from the 90s. But we'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for inviting us on this cruise, Desire Resorts. Uh, Desire is like my oldest client. I've been working with them for a decade. Thanks, baby. Thank you. I'm glad I was able to share all the uh, ship terminology with everyone. I'm sure that they'll appreciate it. <laughs> the captains of other ships. We're just going to go hang out at the cornhole. Right, yes. Yeah. The pearls of wisdom. Pearls of wisdom. Thank you so much. I am at Sex with Dr. Jess. I'm here with Brandon. And I am at Where in Toronto, Brandon. And Where is just W-A-R-E, but you can find him on my Instagram. And together we are at Happier Couples Launching Soon. Thank you so much, folks. Have a great week. We'll be back next Friday on time. Have a great one. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life. <laughs>